Today, we're gonna to be dealing with a question. A question that has persisted throughout humankind since the very first people walked upon the face of the earth. The question, who has the right to rule this life? It's a question that everyone who would call themselves a kingdom citizen must have asked, understood, and settled. And today, as we seek to get into it, to ask and answer that question, who has the right to rule? I hope you'll hear from the Lord. By asking it, I hope you'll become even more established in the faith. And by settling it, I pray you will live out your full potential as a kingdom citizen. Now, let's get into it. Let's ask, answer, and settle that question, who has the right to rule? Let's go. Welcome to the Kingdom Citizen Podcast. Again, my name is Kevin Phillips. We're asking and answering a question that has persisted throughout the human experience. The question, who has the right to rule? It's a question that we ask in every thought that we have. It's a question that is relevant and there in every decision that we're making and every action that we take. The question is being processed, who really has the right to rule this life? It's a question we're answering subconsciously and consciously. Who has the right to rule this universe? Who has the right to rule the world around me? What we're really asking is who has the right to rule me? In a very selfish way, in a self-determining, self-seeking way, in a self-preserving way, we continue to ask and ask and ask that same question, who has the right to rule me? Guys, for the kingdom citizen, this question left undealt with, this question that the wise, they pursue and seek to ask, answer, and settle, whether it takes your whole life. This question that for the unwise, they ignore it. They deny it. They numb themselves to it. And they abdicate the question to other things, other people, to addictions, and find themselves out of control. In God's heart, in God's mind, he wants every person to have wrestled down that question and come to the conclusion of who has the right to rule this life only answered in King Jesus. King Jesus has the right to rule the universe, the world around me, and he has the right to rule me. That's what his kingdom's all about. And for us to really deal with it consciously, to not ignore it, to not deny it, to not stay numb to it, and then to get this pressing question settled in our lives once and for all, I want to take you back to where the question was first asked. Let's get back to the root of it all. Did the question always persist throughout the universe and eternity? 
Did the question have an origin point where it started off and then has persisted throughout our human experience? Can the question finally be settled and determined in my life that yes, there is an authority, there is a being, there is a ruler who has a right over my life. So is it me? Is it something or someone else? Or is it King Jesus? Let's go back to the origin and take a look at it. You know, I would show you from the Bible where the origin takes place, but in Genesis chapter 1, what we see is it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But the question was first asked before the earth was created. You see, God existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the heavenly realms, in perfect unity, perfect harmony, and as an eternal kingdom. And in that kingdom, there was no strife. and There was no question of who had the right to rule. And in the heavenly realms, angelic beings were created. They were the subjects of the kingdom to exercise out the rule of the sovereign, to worship him and do his bidding and exercise his kingdom rule throughout all of creation, throughout all of eternity. The question did not permeate the ethos of eternity until one created angelic being took it within himself to challenge the authority of God to rebel against the sovereign ruler of all of the universe. He set his throne above God's. He set his heart and mind above that of his creator. He uh, ascended himself above his own station and challenged the authority and the rule of the God of the universe. In this rebellion, a third of all of the angels that God had created lined up and came in agreement with that rebellion. And in the rebellion, they posed a question. The question, who really has the right to rule? And this angelic being, Lucifer, Satan, he said, I want to usurp that authority. I want to take that right. I want to rule. Now, in this cosmic clash in the heavenly realms, don't think that there was a dualism that was in approach. The rebellion was not on equal footing with the authority and power of the divine creator. And in that moment, the divine pushed down the rebellion. And Satan and a third of his angels were cast out of the presence of God and the rebellion was squashed. But what had sent ripple effects into eternity was the question that had been posed. Who has the right to rule? The question echoes in eternity. It echoes in the ethos of the heavenly realms. The rebellious faction still clings to it as their marching orders. And God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in their divine wisdom, 
set out a course of action that would deal with this question, that would answer it, and that would settle it for all of eternity that the living God of all creation has the right to rule. And that's where we come to Genesis chapter 1. And in Genesis chapter 1, we see a beautiful statement. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and now the earth was formless. It was void and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. Yet the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Here's what I want you to see. That God in His great sovereignty, in His divine wisdom, He said, I will answer this question and put it down once and for all that the living God of all creation, He has the right to rule, but I'm going to do it in a way that no one would expect. And for this battleground to be taking place, a special sphere was created that we call the earth. It was formless, dark, void. But yet, the Spirit of God hovered over those waters. When you look at the language around that of hovering over those waters, the understanding is that it's a protective hovering. It's a preserving for a special occasion, protecting, guiding, preserving. You see, God has the right to rule because even in Satan's rebellion, it did not catch God off guard. He had prepared a space. He had prepared a zone and his spirit was hovering, preserving, protecting for where this question would finally be asked and answered. And on the seven days of creation, the waters began to separate. And the sky came in and the firmament was set. And the waters pulled back and the mountains rose up. And grass and shrubs and trees began to appear. And the earth began to take its shape. The sun, the moon, and the stars came in, giving it all of its uh, light and day and darkness and night. The fish filled the seas. Animals came upon the earth. And on just the right time, God made a creation that had never been put forth. He created man in his own image. Now, I want you to think about this word image. The image isn't so much in looking alike, but in this particular understanding, the image is more of bearing his authority. A special place, a special creation, earth and man made in the image of God, bearing his authority to be a co-administrator of the kingdom of God, the rule and the reign of God, to be used to prove and answer that question that God has the right to rule. And he created man and he created woman in his own image, put them on the earth, created that special place and said, now all authority and dominion has been given to you. Rule the earth that I've created. Be fruitful and multiply 
advancing my kingdom and answering that question that yes, the God of all creation, he has the right to rule and it's proved in our allegiance, our alignments, and our submission to king of all kings. But you know, I wish the story stopped there. It would just make a great story. It'd make an epic movie if the story just stopped there. It'd be a Hallmark-type expression. But we all know the story didn't stop there. You see, the enemy that rebelled against God and posed that question did not give up at the first sign of trouble within his rebellion. You see, when Satan was cast down, he was cast down to the earth. And as Adam and Eve were there as co-administrators of God's kingdom to prove and answer God has the right to rule, the same question was posed to Adam and Eve. Who really has the right to rule your life? Self-interest, self-preservation, self-control comes in. And we see the falling of Adam and Eve. God continues to work, bringing about his kingdom, answering that question, who has the right to rule? And he brings Noah and his family into the picture. God continues to work, bringing Abraham in, working through Moses, working through the patriarchs, working through the prophets, working through the judges, answering over and over again. Every time the rebellion would raise its head and say, who has the right to rule? when the masses of humanity would follow in self-interest and self-preservation, aligning with God's enemies of the kingdom of darkness, the question remained, and God was still bringing about his kingdom, his right and his power to rule. But again, every human that would come as a co-administrator with God to finally answer this question. We know if you have any knowledge of the Bible and history, we know that they all failed. Let's just go down the list. Noah failed. Abraham failed. Moses failed. David failed. All the others that would come in lesser form failed. And it would seem that the answer to this question, who has the right to rule, maybe it can never be answered. Let me just rule myself and make the best I can of it. But that's not the case. You see, self-rule is not the answer. Abdicating our rule to others and aligning with anything less than the kingdom of God is not the answer. But it's the enticement. And God, in working out through history, through the ups and downs of everyone that would come in, exhausted every attempt to answer that question. Hands thrown in the air, 400 years of silence, not hearing from God. Can the question ever be resolved? Until Jesus stepped forth. 33 years of age and announced his first message. Turn from your rebellion 
ask and answer the question and settle it once and for all, for the kingdom of God has come near to you. Jesus lived a perfect life. He experienced every temptation just like we do, yet he never sinned. All the others that had come before to answer and ask that final question, up and down they failed, but Jesus stood the test. Jesus, sent by the Father from heaven to come to this earth to finally prove once and for all that the living God of all creation has the right to rule. Not only the universe, not just the world around us, he has the right to rule and reign over each of our individual lives. He earned that right through the life that he lived. He earned that right through the sacrifice he made on the cross. And he proved the answer to that question. Who has the right to rule? When he rose from the dead. And for you and I, we ask that question once again today. Who has the right to rule? For those that align with the rebellion, we have been deceived into an illusion of self-rule without a recognition of our imprisonment. Jesus did not come to say, well, you know, just got to pick which side you'd like to be on. Jesus came on a rescue mission. Through his life, death, and resurrection, he set the prisoners free and unlocked the prison cells of the kingdoms of this world so that all those who are held by the kingdom of darkness, they can be set free. And here's what I want to tell you today. King Jesus has already done that work. He's done everything to set you free. The prison cell doors are unlocked and open. The chains that once held you, they have been unlocked and have been released. But you still remain in the darkness, in an illusion of self-control. And so I think if we're honest with ourselves, we'd recognize that we're more out of control than in control. That we truly have abdicated self-rule to other things, other people, other addictions. I want you to see that God has the right to rule your life and mine. The freedom that I found was when I recognized what Christ had done. I saw that the prison door was open for the first time. I realized the chains that once held me, they were laying at my feet. And I put my eyes on Jesus and I looked to him. And I stepped out of the kingdoms of this world 
And with the freedom provided for me in Jesus, I stepped in to the kingdom of God. How? By recognizing, by finally, once and for all, answering that question, Jesus, you have the right to rule this life. You know, when one of the leaders of the church named Paul was trying to help people answer this question, he gave them some insights into what it looks like to come to that understanding, come to that recognition that I am enslaved, but I am set free. Now I must put my trust in Jesus as Lord and step out of one kingdom and into the other. He says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are Lord, you are boss, you are controller, you have the right to rule this life. And if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that he earned that right to rule our lives, you will be saved. For it's with the heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with the mouth that you confess and are saved. You know, to be a kingdom citizen is not just to be religious It's not to have a sense of self-rule and conform to a moral code. To be a kingdom citizen is to consciously ask who has the right to rule. To realize it is King Jesus because of who he is and what he's done. And have a reality That in my illusion of self-rule, I am enslaved, but set free. God has done his part. The doors are open. The chains are removed. Yet I live in the shadow of that cell by making Jesus Lord by trusting on him and who he is and what he's done with everything that I am and everything that I have. That's what it looks like for me to take my first step of freedom and no longer abdicate the rule of my life to others that seek to destroy me, but throw myself down at the feet of King Jesus, not as a slave, but as a subject and as a son, as a daughter. Today, I hope you're asking that question. I've said it a thousand times. Who has the right to rule your life? Nothing less than Jesus. Today, you can become a kingdom citizen by calling on his name, by confessing with everything that you are from the seat of your full emotion, from where everything within you comes from to say, Jesus, be the Lord, be the ruler over this life and save me. I believe 
that you did what you said you did. You died for me on that cross and you have been raised from the dead. I'm trusting you have set me free. When I take that step of freedom out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light, I trust my feet land on solid rock because of who you are. And listen, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. A chance not to say a little prayer and get your sins washed away. A chance not to do something religious and get your fire insurance. But a chance to step out of the prison cells that have been holding you. A chance to step in to the rule and reign, the kingdom of God over your life. And today become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Why don't you pray with me right now? Not to me, pray to Jesus, I'm gonna help you. But let this be the prayer of your heart. Don't you call on Jesus' name, right? Listen, he's already done his work. Now this is where you step in, calling on his name. Just say it to him right now. Dear Jesus, I know that I have done wrong against God. I'm part of that rebellion. And I ask you to forgive me and to cleanse me and to change me by your power. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me because I cannot save myself. I can't free myself. And Jesus, I believe you have been raised from the dead so that I could have new life. Right now, Jesus, I ask you to take control of my life. Bring me into your kingdom, your rule, and your reign. I submit myself to you, trusting you receive me as a son, as a daughter. Jesus, I give you all of my past. I give you all of my present. And I give you the hope of my future. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer, for answering my prayer, and for rescuing me from the kingdom of darkness today and bringing me into the kingdom of light. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, today, if you prayed that prayer with me in accordance to what Jesus has told us and taught us, today you have become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Hey, all the old stuff is behind, and a new life stands in front of you, awaiting to live it at its full potential. I love this take on an understanding of who has the right to rule the universe. I think it's important to look back and explore the origin of that question and really grapple and wrestle with it along the way. For many of you, today you've stepped out of the old kingdom and into the kingdom of God. Listen, you are a kingdom citizen. I want you to use the Kingdom Citizen podcast as a library of resources to help you grow in your understanding of who you are in Christ, to really become established 
in the faith that Jesus has handed down to us. It is upon us to live out our full potential. And that's where being part of a local church and being baptized in community with others and then growing in that and sharing it with others is gonna come in. For you have been saved, you have been redeemed and you have been rescued for purpose and you have been given power. You are no longer a slave. You are now a subject of the kingdom of God. You are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and you are adopted as a son and daughter with all of its rights, power, and privilege. Now I want you to go into the world and be in it, but not of it.